everyone, and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter, and I'm joined, as always, by Tara. Greetings, citizens. We watched a movie, <laughs> a sci-fi movie, of course, because it's a sci-fi movie podcast, and we talk about a sci-fi movie every week. That's what we do. We watched what I believe is kind, not really, but kind of the first major Chinese blockbuster. And it's not really, I've seen some Chinese blockbusters before. I, I watched, what was that movie I called? I I watched a, it was like a war movie and it was like so long. I think it was released in two parts originally, but it, like if you watch it like on Blu-ray or whatever now, it's like just one five hour movie. Um, and I forget the title. Did it of also it. have like a 15 different production company logos in the beginning? <laughs> it might have done. It might have done. I shit you not, I watched a Korean film once and I, I swear at the start it came up saying toilet productions and there was like a toilet seat on the, on the screen. <laughs> Ridiculous. You're just running out of logos. I know. Everyone's <laughs> trying to think of ideas. Um, uh, th- th- wasn't one of the ones on this detention films or something like that? And all, all oh, the, I don't know. I lost track. All, all the desks so kind of bounced up. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, The Wandering Earth, a sci-fi movie. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you warning before we get spoilers. Also worth mentioning, and I've forgotten to introduce, introduce this like every week since we've started doing it, but at the end of the show, after we say the, uh, the the plugs and we tell you about Patreon and things like that, stick around because we have a bonus section at the end where we talk about Mystery Science Theater 3000. Every week, me and Tara watch an episode of that together, and we talk about it. We talk about it. And coming up on the end of this show, we're going to be talking about Warrior of the lost world so that's a good one look forward to that uh so yeah wandering earth is a very high concept science fiction film where mm-hmm. at first at first uh, like because there's, there's a lot of like prologue explanation stuff at the start of the movie and at first it, it sounded like it was talking about climate change and like you know via pollution and then it yeah, kind that's of sh- what I thought it was going for too. And it shifted gears very quickly to our sun is expanding and will eventually consume us, <laughs> and we're going to going to die. So- uh, do you think it's because it's Beijing or like Shanghai, which is notorious for p- pollution for like coal factories and stuff, that they didn't want to like that make way- that association? Maybe, yeah. Maybe they were worried about upsetting their own government. <laughs> yeah, they thought, no, nah, we'll just make it the sun is, is the enemy. So the sun's expanding, and they set up this ridiculous, over-the-top mission where they get rocket thrusters all around, the, like, one side of the Earth, and then they put other thrusters in the equator so that the Earth stops spinning. And it's basically the Earth is rocketing through space to another solar system four, four point something light years away. Yeah, Alpha Centauri. It's our closest star. I don't remember how close it is, though. Yeah. Uh, so it's going there. And yeah, so so one one side of the Earth is just in constant darkness now. Because it's not spinning, the, you know, the ocean is doing all sorts of <laughs> crazy things. Uh, mm-hmm. It's freezing, of course, because we're further away from the sun. I actually, one of my big questions earlier on was like, should it still be this bright if we're getting further away from the sun? Because like, it's, yeah. it's pretty bright outside when they go out. I, I, I don't know. It's just full daylight. Yeah. Uh, they just don't want to explain that yeah uh, so it's going through going through uh, space and it's when they're passing Jupiter where they get a problem and that's kind of the, the main plot of the movie is that Jupiter's they're a little bit off course and Jupiter kind of starts to pull it in its gravitational pull and that's going to cause a problem so that, the movie's kind of about avoiding that it's, it's essentially a disaster movie that just happens to be because the earth is flying through space uh, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like you know it's like an ice age up up on top earth because everyone lives in underground cities and they got these elevators they have to wear like thermal suits because it's like minus 80 something degrees celsius outside which mm-hmm. is someone who gets freezing at minus four degrees celsius 
I was like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, something. That's just instant that's death. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, so, and our main character is a is is he's not a teenager. He's like like twenty maybe. He's, he's his younger sister's a teenager because the movie starts with him. He's like a little boy, and his dad's going to the space station because there's like a space international space station that's kind of like the navigational like head of this mission. That's outside mm-hmm. of Earth, but in in front leading the charge, and his dad's going up there. Uh, he's going to be there for 17 years, so we cut 17 years later. He's all he's you know two days till retirement. The classic trope. Uh, <laughs> and so he's going to two be, days before retirement. So he's coming back down <laughs> in two two days, and his son breaks his little sister at school, and they sneak up onto the the surface of the the earth for reasons, and because I don't know why they didn't really explain it, they just wanted to be up on the, the surface of the earth. And th- this is kind of why they're out where they are when shit goes down. And it becomes about this big mission of trying to get the thrusters back online because we're hurling towards Jupiter. And it's, you know, it's a disaster because there's a lot of like dodging debris, there's a lot of climbing and getting stuck in places and all that kind of thing. But you also have this added temperature problem where everything's freezing and all the rest of it. Uh, so that is, the, that is the gist of the movie, without spoilers, of course. Um, Tara? Yes, Peter? <laughs> Tara Schnickums. Um did you enjoy The Wandering Earth? No, I did not. <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh maybe a little bit. There there are parts that I like. There are things about it I like. But overall, it's just not my type of movie. <laughs> I um I'm kind of in a same boat. I I don't think I, I am as negative as you. I think I am the way I would describe this movie is it's like a script from a 90s disaster movie was used again. Because mm-hmm. obviously you wouldn't have these visuals in like 1995. You just wouldn't. Yeah. Right? Because there's a lot of CG and it is kind of obvious CG, but it's, it's impressive looking CG though. It's kind of like... Oh yeah. my God, the shots of Jupiter are beautiful. Oh yeah, they're great. Like so beautiful. Uh, but th- th- it feels like a, a, a mid-90s disaster movie and all of its plot beats there's like a lot of really tropes that, especially because there was something that I was I was basically predicting certain things that would happen in the last act like from the opening scenes and they all happen like you know like it's stuff yeah. ha- and it's, it's fine it's a Roland Emmerich movie it kind of in a lot of ways it kind of, it's <laughs> Which, just, to be honest I'm not those aren't my kind of movies either that's fair that's like, fair I mean I, I enjoy Independence Day a lot of that might be nostalgia a lot of that might be Jeff Goldblum <laughs> but we will see if it holds up yeah, yeah eventually yeah. um and I, I actually enjoy universal soldier a lot because it's a lot more downbeat compared to the Isn't rest that van damme? of yeah van damme in the uh, lundgren oh i think i've seen that but it's yeah. been a long time the resuscitated soldiers i don't think i knew that was roland emmerich yeah that was his first movie yeah oh, i think it was his first oh, okay. movie he did that and they did stargate and they did independence day i believe Oh, I do kind of like Stargate, but I think that's also like Independence Day. I don't know if it's going to hold up when I rewatch yeah. it. I then, then after Independence Day, did Godzilla, and then from there it's just. Wait, wait! After Godzilla went down, let's get this clear. No, including including Godzilla, including Godzilla. Okay. <laughs> it, although I, I have to admit, I have. Will and Emmerich is a disaster. I do have an odd nostalgia for that '98 Godzilla. It's, it's a bad movie. It's a terrible movie. It's a dinosaur. It's a dinosaur. It's, it's just a, a T-Rex. I would actually say it's more like a big velociraptor. You know, just the way it looks. If that yeah. makes sense. Um, but that movie's terrible, but there is nostalgia, and I, I I can easily watch that and laugh at it quite happily. Whereas It's er- true. I have done that as well. Everything but it's, just, that- it's so sad, because it's... I like Godzilla. Oh, so, I want yeah. Godzilla to be cool, and he just looks like a giant 
oversized hey, velociraptor. That movie came out when I was nine. Until I was like fifteen, I thought that was just how Godzilla was supposed to look. I know. It's depressing. You poor, poor man. I know, I know. Um now I worship the, the ground that the, the mighty kaiju <laughs> walks upon. Oh my god. Gojira! Godzilla! <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find that his his delivery of that line in the trailer is is a bit more nuanced than. <laughs> That's all I hear. Zilla, party time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. I can't wait for this movie. Oh, I can't wait for it. My my favorite meme, Godzilla related meme by far, is uh. Remember, you used to get a lot of demotivational de- posters on the internet. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. I love those. There was one that was like the clouds just happened to look like Godzilla and it was just Godzilla, the clouds honor him. And I just always liked that. I was like, yeah, it looks like Godzilla. This is great. This is freaking My great. favorite thing is uh, about the Godzilla. I don't know where it came from originally, but someone <laughs> posted or said to me that if you watch it in reverse, it's about a monster that rebuilds Tokyo before moonwalking into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I love it. Yeah, what's I say about this movie? I was saying that it's like an 90s disaster movie um, with like some fancier visuals. Uh, but uh, Joe, Joe, it's funny actually. Is this movie? And a lot of Asian media feels this way. Um, I, I think of this more more Japan and Italy than I do China. But I, yeah, I, I, I kept doing that as well. Yeah, but I I, I think like because this is like the re- one of the reasons why I really dislike anime, right? And again, this is a Chinese movie, not Japanese, but is that I feel like it just moves through things too fast for anything to have any weight. And I felt like this movie, it is paced mm-hmm. absurdly fast to the point where... Yeah, it, I was getting Dark City vibes about the pacing. Yeah, anyone in this movie that I'm supposed to feel anything for, I'm like, ah, oh, like, I barely know who you are. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's not just the pacing, though. It's the plot. Like, there is so much that happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like every scene feels like it's the climax to any other movie <laughs> and then it has another one and then another one <laughs> it's all exhausting it's all exhausting and for the record this is on netflix bit. by the way this is, this is yeah. uh, outside of china this is a netflix movie so you can everyone mm-hmm. can watch this uh and if it defaults to being dubbed you can change it to subtitle because this happened to tara and this is important i did not know that thank you yes she messaged <laughs> the dubbing me was not great so she, i appreciate it she started watching it yesterday she messaged me, she's like pure this is dubbed are we really doing this and i'm like tara just change it <laughs> change it to the original language yes i know i am an old i don't know how netflix works <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, it's, uh, like it's—I don't think it's bad. I—I I think it's—I think it's in this like mediocre territory where I—I like—I like kind of how just crazy the movie is with its ideas. I think I would like the concept of like these underground cities and the top of the earth is like, uninhabitable. Like I kind of like that setup. Yeah. Um, there's some of the the sci-fi stuff kind of cool. I, I like the, uh, I mean, I've heard it's based off of a short story, and I don't know what the difference is, but I hear it's a lot. And the the author of well, the yeah, short story the, is the, like the added, award winner. They added like 500 pages to it. That's what happened yeah. to it. <laughs> there is so much plot in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. But I like, I, I, I know it's ridiculous, and but that's, sci-fi can be ridiculous. Oh, yeah. If you give me the concept, and I just accept that that's the world that we are in, Mm-hmm. and that's the way this universe works okay but tell me about the people and yes. what they're going through use it to tell me something about humanity or 
whatever that's what i want to know i don't want a disaster movie yeah yeah like the, the characters are very thin they're very archetypical uh yeah and it's a shame it's a shame because like i agree like the, the premise like there's, i did roll my eyes a little bit at the start where i'm like really we're just going to rocket the entire planet through space like that feels a bit <laughs> it's a bit in the far-fetched side i mean you know. yeah um like there was me thinking there'd just be some big ships leaving earth or something that's what the you know but no it's literally the earth itself is wandering through we're space. just going to turn the earth into a big rocket ship yeah, yeah. we're gonna get i did like um i did like we got heroes that weren't american you know that's it, nice. that was kind of cool it's kind of cool to see something that's uh america doesn't save the day <laughs> do, do, do you know what i like about it I, I like the the idea that like we we get it from this perspective which is different which is really cool and it is like a worldwide effort where they're on the space station and they've got translators like a russian guy talking to him and there's like you know mm-hmm. and at one point it's like showing different like tv broadcasts at the start and it's like here here's here's an american broadcast here's a british broadcast and it was the bbc like they actually paid to get the bbc logos yeah, and stuff cnn also yeah and that was kind of neat i was like oh, okay right so but i think that the big thing here for me is that I actually love other countries making movies like this. Uh, even mm-hmm. I, I don't think this one's ultimately that good, and I think it's kind of like schlocky and not that deep with its characters. But I do love getting other look, like other perspectives on how to like tackle a story like this. Yeah. Even if this one feels a little bit just like a rushed, like we want to be a nineties Hollywood blockbuster action movie. There's a lot of other movies in this movie. There is, because yeah. I, I I would love like. Like I, I or I do love when, like I, I watch a movie and it's from Japan or it's from Korea, it's from France, it's from whatever. I'm think I'm thinking Asia specifically because Asia is like even more different than like mainland Europe, right? Yeah. You know, it's not just a different language. There's a lot of cultural differences, and like I love when like I'll see how they tackle something. Like there's a, a Kurosawa movie uh, called Ikaru from 1952, I want to say. And mm-hmm. the plot of that movie is the main character gets is he's got terminal cancer, and it's about him just kind of making peace with everything before he dies. But the opening of the movie is that he goes to the doctor, and the doctor doesn't tell him that he's got cancer. The doctor like tells him he's going to be okay, and I didn't understand this scene. And I actually I put on the audio commentary after I liked the movie a lot, but I didn't understand that opening scene. And it turns mm-hmm. out that this was a common thing in Japan that if the, if the, if if whatever you had was terminal, the doctor would lie to make you feel better so that you didn't wow. know you were dying. And I'm like this is fascinating <laughs> like i'm so yeah. happy i learned this <laughs> I, i've only seen one kurosawa film which is which is ran that's how i pronounce it anyway i don't know if it's the right pronunciation r-a-n and that is a basically the story of king lear but it's done in feudal japan yeah samurai <laughs> really interesting way with samurais and, and it's very uh, it's, colorful it's if i remember amazing right? story and it's it is king lear but it's done in this culture that i don't know and i love it it's such a beautiful exciting new movie new version of king lear it's got, it's got and, different perspectives and um like yeah and for for the record while we're on the sub i mean this is maybe not that hot hot topic or hot hot uh, a take rather is Seven Samurai is better than every other version of that story that's ever been made. Magnificent Seven can go to the back of the goddamn line because it's oh, it's not very good. I know I've I've watched it recently. Yeah, actually. it's mediocre. It's mediocre. Seven Samurai. Goddamn. Where, I haven't watched Sam- Samurai yet. <laughs> whereas your Jimbo turning into a fistful of dollars had better success. Um, I like both of those movies a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, so no, I I, I do. I, I want to preface this and be saying that I actually love getting the Chinese version of we're going to save the day that we're going to yeah. save the world 
the be- Chinese version of the day after tomorrow. There's a lot of day after tomorrow on this, which is not a good thing. A lot. <laughs> I think I like this more than day after tomorrow, just because. Oh, me too, actually. <laughs> yeah, just because there's better images and visuals and stuff. Um, this movie was made for fifty million dollars, and just for fun, I looked up how much the day after tomorrow was filmed for. <laughs> Do you know what the budget was? Hundred and seventy-five million dollars. <laughs> well, I was going to guess, but all right. <laughs> I was going to, for the record, I was going to guess one hundred and twenty. So. Well, okay, I didn't give you enough chance because I wanted to tell you. I was that excited. Um, Which is unbelievable. That's also really a kind of a cool thing to see. Like, what do other countries, when they make a movie, what what can they do with $50 million? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because it takes us $175 million to make a worse movie 10 years ago. <laughs> 15, actually, more like now. Um Joe is weird about actually this conversation is me and Tim on streams after minute the episode's not went up yet and it may not have been up by the time this one goes up so I won't talk too much mm-hmm. about it but we did it, we, we did a movie called The Headhunter which was made for $30,000 wow I didn't wh- know you could do that <laughs> which is nothing in a movie that is nothing to put this in pers- this is the same example I used on Twitter when I brought this up is Halloween, the original Halloween in 1978 was made for $300,000 and that was a really low budget movie in 1978. Mm-hmm. So making a $30,000 movie in 2019, are you kidding me? That is like insane. Oh, it's a 2019 movie? Wow. Yeah. Uh, I think technically 2018 festivals, but you know, same, same difference. <laughs> in the ballpark. We've been through that before. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, I, I don't want to get into my opinion because I, I think the script lets the movie down, but the one thing that this movie does not lack is looking good it looks i mean sure it's, it's it's like a fantasy medieval thing so it's all in the forest and stuff it's not like the locations are like but the cinematographer and the director made it look like a i don't know what to swear there they made it look like a goddamn movie right it looked atmospheric it looked moody it did not look because yeah. whenever you see a trailer for like a directed video thing that was made for next to nothing it always looks it it always looks like nah this is people who just followed the textbook of what you how you set up a camera how you set up lights it just looks that generic kind of flat look to it this movie looks right. good and well the movie itself i don't think actually is that great overall even though like as i appreciate it for what they pulled off on 30 grand i really do um yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting you brought that up because i'm thinking of that movie now and you're right that they did this in 50 million and i think yeah some of the cg when they're on like earth's surface and it's like the trucks driving around yeah it looks kind of like a really good video game sometimes like it's I, not i got a lot of video game vibes yeah. from it like a really good video but game the like, stuff like, when but... they're on the space station all the space station stuff i thought like mm. the shots of it were just incredible and the, the every scene of when they showed jupiter i'm just like just stay here just just let me look at this because it it looks beautiful and believable and then the earth is there too and like the the interaction between the gravity between the both of them like those effects were stunning and that's clearly where they spent their money on and also like the uh the sets that they built were really great like it looked like a believable lived-in yeah. world and i appreciated all of that and i i, I was really surprised by the budget do, do i know why they probably get away with this in 50 million dollars hmm two things one i bet they don't charge as much to shoot in places and two none of the actors yeah. got paid 20 million dollars because yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the problems that hollywood's had with inflating budgets is that now big actors are expected because they kept basically in like almost like a, a competition like a bidding war they'd keep offering actors more and more money to the point where oh will smith's getting paid 20 million per movie now or someone's getting paid 25 million dollars per movie now to the point where 
actors at that level all expect that amount now and the studios can't go under it so if they want a star they're paying that just for the the, the one actor at the top mm-hmm. um and then everyone else gets you know pittance but like so the fact that they're not having to pay i can't imagine that the, the chinese box office industry is paying you know 20 million dollars for like maybe the two or three leads in their movie like i have to imagine that's where they're saving a lot of money like no no we're paying you a fair actor's wage we're not <laughs> we're not making you millionaires yeah, you're right. um so i think that's maybe where they're saving a lot of their money um it was sense. really an a, like a true ensemble of a cast mm-hmm. like there's so many characters that you're following there's like maybe maybe like three like the two younger people and then their father are probably the main trio but for the most part like it's a real ensemble yeah no there's and a lot of characters that was kind of interesting um i like that the well the female characters weren't great but like um they weren't like just there to be sexy either <laughs> yeah no i think that's fair look they, they don't necessarily get like a, a great amount of stuff to do i think the, the, the little sister gets a couple of decent moments but at the very she's least she's just there to ask questions so that the yeah. audience knows what's going on that's all she's that's, there to be true. wide-eyed and chew bubble gum and say what is that no, <laughs> and then right. the scientists explain it yeah you're right she has, she has one good moment towards the end though I, I think um but you're right in saying that none of the ladies that are there are there for sex appeal it doesn't feel that anyway they're, they're all in like big no. suits like everyone else says that you know, no one's you know being there's not even any flirting or like love interest like i mean credit to it like an, an 80s blockbuster disaster movie would have had a love interest plot would have yeah so i'll give them credit there they didn't, they didn't it's probably a cultural thing too like oh, maybe yeah they, they're just not as abrasive about it as americans we have to yeah. have a love story in every boobs. single movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um so uh, yeah, and we meet all these like military responders that are like the rescue squads up on top as well. I, like, I, I never really quite figured out why one of them had like a fancy minigun strapped to his back that would kind of like swivel around and like be no, used. It seemed like a video game thing. Yeah, it, it felt so <laughs> arcadey. Uh, which is maybe where, where I'd say like the, what about the movie overall is that every time it cut to those exterior shots, it felt like I was watching some sort of like fancy arcade game. Uh, I kept getting um. I haven't played a lot of, I know it's Japan. Um, I can't help it, but compare it. But I, I did try playing the Xenoblade JRPGs. It's the only JRPG I've ever tried. Mm. And those were also like giant planetary robot worlds. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't help but like compare it. And it felt so similar. And um, those I can't get into either because they're just so there's just too much plot there's just too much going on that i can't really i can't really pay attention to the characters um and it could just be a cultural difference too oh sure i I want i want to be more receptive to it but i think maybe even china they you know were probably just going to this movie to see the spectacle of it to see something that they could sit down and shove popcorn in their face and see people that look like them. I think I'm a, sure yeah. that's why it's been successful. And I think there's a it novelty. can't be because of the story. Yeah, I think there's a novelty to it for them specifically because it's like, no, we actually get to see a, a sci-fi mega budget blockbuster that is full of people like us. Like, it's not like... Because yeah. I, I think that the one downside that China has in terms of making these big budget movies is like, when, when Hollywood makes Avengers Endgame, it can count on box office from the entire planet. Whereas most of the rest of the world won't go to see a film in mandarin 
there's a reason no, you're right why, there's a reason why outside right. of china this just went to netflix i mean sure i'm sure netflix you know paid them a, a bit for it but i'm like they have to make all of their money in asia they really do like that's where they're, they're, all their box office is coming from really um yeah. and it's sad because i'm someone who likes foreign films you know i like a bunch of chinese films I like a lot of japanese films korean films but i'm a film nerd and your mm-hmm. joe public doesn't don't like subtitles <laughs> yeah i remember we were then when uh life is beautiful came out and it was a big deal because it was mm. a big foreign uh, i think italian film about yeah. uh world war ii or about the holocaust and it was getting all this awards buzz Roberto and my mother and i who Benini. went and saw every movie together like she we had to wait until it, there was a dubbed version of the movie that we can go see because <gasps> she refused to watch anything with subtitles but my mother is the american audience like that's the thing i the only time i ever got to see foreign films was when i was in a foreign class like we would go to like a french film festival thing Mm. and watch french movies and i love that yeah like having seen that movie and seen roberto bonini's performance who also directed the movie (laughs) um yeah like seeing that dubbed like gives me shivers like that gives me shivers down my spine (laughs) you're right uh i still have not seen it any other way and i actually i think i i was very disappointed by the movie if i was pretty young when i saw it but i remember being disappointed because i wasn't getting his performance because yeah. it was another actor dubbing him no he he is very endearing in that film he is the heart of that film and he's a big part of what makes mm-hmm. that movie work so I, I feel like dubbing it takes that away um yeah yeah that, that's just it does because even in this movie i started off with the dub version because mm. i'm i'm a dummy and when i switched over i'm like oh so much better because yes. <laughs> sure i have to read and that takes my eyes away from the performance but at the same time it's just i, I want to see what the actors are giving me oh sure otherwise I, it's like i'm watching a cartoon also people people always um people who don't watch movies with subtitles often say yeah but don't, don't you miss like, all the things that happen i'm like after you watch a couple of things with subtitles your eyes adjust to it you you can yeah. do it you can read subtitles you can see everything that's happening on screen you just you can you just know mm-hmm. how to do it um maybe it's just as simple as you know how to pace your eye movements up and down to catch everything but you do it right i mean i'm not able to tell if like their delivery of the lines are authentic or oh sure like, i can't tell if somebody's being wooden in a perform in a performance that's in mandarin but I can still get the emotions from their eyes. If I know generally what the, the scene is trying to tell me and I can see what their face is doing, like I can still get most of the performance from that. Absolutely. For the most part, I thought the, the people in this movie were pretty good. Yeah, there's the, the one like comic relief character who they kind of meet Awful. after, they, yeah, after they get arrested. As soon as they got, as soon as he gets his introduction, which I'll save for spoilers, mm-hmm. I just like I rolled my eyes, like no, 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 no. This is, this is i don't want this i'm going to say this now admittedly this was a bonus episode so not everyone got to see a review on this i'm uh-huh. going to say it this is worse than rob schneider and judge dread agreed he's terrible <laughs> he is the worst uh, agreed yeah. although i assume we are going to get a worse one in another movie well probably <laughs> probably it'll happen it'll happen uh so you know it has this bombastic finale it you know it does things that you expect it to um, to a fault, I would say. Um, it's very quickly paced, but there's some interesting ideas, there's some interesting visuals, and like it's easy enough to watch and just have kind of as dumb popcorn like material on in the screen. But it's not, 
Like, I wish I cared about the characters more. I wish I cared about what was going on. And I, I wish that so much of the final act wasn't, like... Like, obviously, you understand they're trying to turn thrusters on or they're trying to do whatever else, right? But mm-hmm. I felt like there was... Like, there's a point where, like, the... Because they meet this sort of, like, engineer, like, nerdier character at one point, right? He becomes kind of part of the team. And there's a point in the third act where all hope is lost, as it always is at the start of the third act, right? Where he's like, hey, there's another idea, right? And I'll, I'll get into my complaints about how they get this other idea when we get to spoilers. But he, he has that scene where he's like, okay, this is your job, this is your job, this is your job. And he says, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to ignite this, you have to move this here. And everything he says is just gobbledygook exposition, none of which I understood or took in. Nope. I just Not at all. <laughs> I understand that they're split into like four teams to go and do different things. I have no idea what the missions that any of these people are trying to accomplish are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's just dialogue. It it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, doesn't mean anything. So that that would be my big complaint about the movie is I, I feel like if I at least understood the objectives clearer, and obviously the overall objective I always understood, but when they started yeah. getting to the nitty gritty of like here's the specific things, I'm like I don't know what, why we're doing this or what's that's going to accomplish or yeah so that was that was the thing but hey shall we get in to spoilers for the wandering earth let's do this so opening scene uh the dad's with the young young boy and he's he's like yes you know i'm going to be gone for a long time but once we get to jupiter that'll be roughly when i i come back to earth and He's like, okay. And he explains that Jupiter is like a big balloon. It's like, you know, it's filled with hydrogen. And I wasn't thinking during this scene, because this is the first scene. I wasn't necessarily knowing what the movie was going to feel like yet. Yeah. I was just kind of taking it in. Well, it's still Earth as, you know, it's like Earth 100 years from now. So it still kind of looks like our Earth. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's like the, the engines are being built. You can see them looking at the big engine thing, but it's not. they're not like mm-hmm. moving through space yet. And. I was like, okay, fine. And then at the end of the film, so they have this big plan where they're all trying to get these thrusters back on, and a large part of the middle of the movie is getting these thrusters up and running again, thinking that'll save them. And it doesn't. That's that's the dark moment of the film at the end of Act 2. It's like, this didn't work. We're still plummeting towards Jupiter. We're all screwed. We've got like three hours and we're dead. Yeah. And all the thrusters start shutting down. Yeah. I, I guess because of gravity is just screwing it up or something. And then our main character who was a young boy before, um, whose names, we've not even mentioned any names yet. Um, uh, Luqui. Lu- Luqi. Luqi, is that how you pronounce it? Chi. It's a Q-I, but I'll take your... I think it's Luqi. Luqi. When they say it. Um, so he, he remembers this Luqi scene. and Dodo. Yeah, that's his little sister. Uh, who's adopted, by the way. This little sister has nothing to do with his dad and has never even met his dad. Like, his grandfather's looking after yep. him and just sort of took in this little girl because she was on her own back when they first mm-hmm. came down here. Um, so he he remembers this opening scene about the hydrogen and, and it's a balloon and I'm like oh my god like because this this reminded me of so many like big budget like stupid blockbusters where like this character figures out the solution based on some emotional memory and it's just like yeah. I, I was just like oh we're we doing this and he's like it's like a balloon we can make we can cause an explosion and it'll kick us back out into space mm-hmm. and then it becomes about trying to like ignite and using the thrusters to fire fire into the combustible combustible area where the two atmospheres are meeting now like uh, yeah whatever <laughs> it, it is a cool shot though i i do oh, really sure. like the effect of the of jupiter like taking the atmosphere away and the, this like i said before the the actual shots of it are just like they're just 
awe-inspiring to look at. They're so and, beautiful. And for the record, yeah, like no one has to tell us that I'm sure that every scientist in the world who watches who or does watch this movie will tell mm-hmm. us a hundred different ways why Earth, if oh, it moved, shit. yeah, if, yeah. Er, if Earth stopped spinning and moved away from where it was, why it wouldn't be like this? It would be completely different. I'm sure every scientist would. Oh yeah. Like let's let's get that out of the way. We well, understand even, that. Like, <laughs> the whole thing of like uh you know how you're on an airplane and you can feel when the airplane um goes goes increases in speeds or decreases in speed or go up and goes up and down mm-hmm. you can feel that but if you're just on an airplane going at the same speed you don't feel anything you just feel like you're sitting down so i imagine if <laughs> if earth is hurtling at <laughs> however many miles per hour and all of a sudden there's a shift in speed like wouldn't we all just fly into space <laughs> would it be like hitting the brakes on earth <laughs> um here's another question as well correct me if i'm wrong but isn't earth spinning kind of necessity a necessity for gravity to work like it does um well gravity is mostly about mass but i yeah it does create like a the the magnetic hmm. sphere which I think is influenced by gravity, but I, I don't really remember. It's been a long time for me since I've taken an astronomy course. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, I never studied this, <laughs> so I'm just I'm just a bit blown. But I feel, I feel that the Earth not spinning would cause more even more problems than, than what they're telling us in this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny that we've had two movies in a row about the Earth being hurled off of its orbit. That's though. true, yeah. But, but, yeah, I haven't <laughs> thought of that, but you're right. Yeah, Dead Earth Caught Fire was kind of like that. But that, that yeah. was much more uh, subdued than this. <laughs> well, that was a movie where it's like we have this plot in order to Tell allow characters yeah. to, to have a, a story so we can learn something about it, humanity. It, That's the point of the disaster, which is why we gave it a nine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, we, we were very, very positive on that movie. Uh, right. This one is no. Here's the sci-fi, so we can have all these chases and explosions and like near-death yeah. moments. Uh, so, so we have the big emotional memory gives them the idea, uh, and then we have the scene where like the, the the three like guys are trying to like push in this big like pillar thing that has to be pushed into the slot, and it's not happening. And the sisters on the radios, because because the the dad on the space station is kind of awake when he's not supposed to be. He's kind of like fought his way out of the hibernation because he wants to try yeah, and help his guess kids. Why? Because there's a HAL 9000. <laughs> it's, it's very HAL 9000, yes. Um, it looks just like him. It's got the same it's a lot the more same s- little red dot that's watching. It's a lot more slick, of course, because it's obviously a 2019 movie and not 1968, but like, yeah. I don't know. I think the original HAL is slicker. <laughs> so, yeah. I like the minimalist design. It's been a while since I watched 2001, so I'm excited oh, to... Oh, we should watch it. We should watch it. Is that episode fifty? How about episode fifty? That's one year in. No, one year in. We have to do the uh, the remake of the Daily Earth Stood Still. Oh God, you're right. I think I forgot we said that we're going to do that. <laughs> Two thousand one has to be an anniversary thing. It has to be like a special occasion. Yeah. You can't just do a two thousand one randomly. Come on now. That's my right. Um, and then, but the little sister is uh, calling around, and because everyone's given a whole, there's like a montage at one point of like random people just killing themselves because they think they're going to die in three hours, and they don't want to like do it via suffocation or burning yeah. up. Or so that's the thing, right? The the Hal Nine Thousand, which is called Moss in this movie, is uh, has has basically corrupted the the space station to force them to eject when they're not supposed to. 
Well, I don't know if so it's that they can't save. I don't know if it's corrupted. It's like the space station has like embryos. It has DNA. It has everything. The right, idea it being has that, a plan B. Yeah, if if Earth gets compromised, that this station can still go somewhere and colonize. And right, and yeah. this is something I shouldn't say compromise. It's it's in its programming. Yeah. To 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 default to this if plan A goes awry, and so that's why our hero, our main guy, has to break out of his hibernation chamber in order to stop it. Yeah. And then he I also. Surprised, but I forgot my thoughts. So. Yeah, and he, he gets like he's 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 kind of daughter, even though he's never met her, uh, to like the comm so she can like communicate around and ask people to come and help. And then there's this like inspirational moment where like you know everyone comes and like there's like th- hundreds of people almost like helping to push this thing. Um, although I have to wonder like how many people like you know if you're ten people back and like a chain of people pushing helping push this thing, like at mm-hmm. what point are you just like pushing all your weight into the person in front of you that's not really affecting what they're pushing? It's just. Like, like, I can't imagine actually helps at the front. But know? I've been to Hong Kong, and I can tell you it's just like that there. It's just people <laughs> pushing people. <laughs> so, like, so you have that, and then the other, the other big thing that I was predicting to some extent early on was the grandfather. I was like, all right, he's going to be the mom and daddy's peak who gets out the boat at some point. It's happening. Oh. <laughs> It's happening. He's pushing her in the lava. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's going to do that at some point. Uh, and the weird thing is, he, he kind of. It doesn't even happen the way I thought it would. It happens where he doesn't really accomplish anything when he does it. He just kind of dies. <laughs> yeah, it's just like. It, it's it's in the elevator shaft, and someone is trying to save him, and he throws him into another room before the elevator comes down. And then Grandpa just takes his helmet off and says, "I'm gonna die here." Yeah, I think it's like he doesn't want the others wasting time trying to get to him because that'll make put them in danger. So right. he just, you know, lets himself die by freezing to death. I did see that it looked like his oxygen was like running out. It was at like seven percent or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I assume they can refuel when they're in one of the trucks. Like maybe that has like a big supply that they can. Mm. Yeah. That was how I explained it in my head because they've been out for a while at this point. Like it's been the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it gives us this thing where he's kind of a troublemaker. He kind of like steals the the suits and then the IDs, the fake IDs, so they can get into the surface. And right. why why does he want to escape to the surface and stay there? No one knows. The, the, the movie never really adequately gives us a reason. He kind of says he has plans, but why he brings his little sister along is beyond me. Yeah, I but, don't know. But what is he? Is he planning to go to a different underground city, or is he? Like, I don't know. Like, and, like if he escapes, like doesn't he have to return his sister somewhere? <laughs> like, I know. Is he just gonna? She's not gonna drive the big rig. I know. Which, by the way, it controls with this ball. It's not like a steering wheel. It's got like a. It's a medicine ball. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of on this. And like, ooh. <laughs> um. And there's there's a lot of like diving off, uh, like structures collapsing because when they achieve the ignition, it's like, hey, by the way, the shock wave from this is going to hit the surface and like seven minutes you <laughs> you might want to take mm-hmm. getting underground and they end up not being underground they're under the, the, the thruster and it's causing chaos so it's, it's your big earthquake scene right where everything's destroying and he's diving to save his sister and yeah i was joe you know at the start of the movie they set up that in the suit there's like these like plastic bubble things like the, 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 on their own they're just like little canisters but when you ignite them it's like a big protective plastic bubble mm-hmm. and i was like okay that made for a funny scene but that's clearly a, that, that's a chekhov's gun 
this is going to be used to get out of, see that again. Yeah, yeah. out of a jam later. Uh, and it was at the end because they use it to survive from falling from a... It looks like those like giant site. balls that you can get, like you can rent them at a beach. On so the you water. can like yeah. run out, like the hamster balls and you can run out in the water. That's yes. what it looks like. I actually kind of like the scene where they where they show that. Because uh, I wasn't expecting them like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I was totally expecting it to come back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and he, you know, the main did kind of bonds a little bit with the main commander guy who's been kind of like, hey, we're, we're kind of drafting you in here because we need to get these thrusters back on you know it's this the, the fate well they of the need world. a genius in which he <laughs> refers to himself as all the time <laughs> um, nobody calls himself a genius <laughs> well geniuses don't i mean yeah idiots who want to pretend that they're geniuses do is yeah basically what i'd say um you're yeah. right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, other than that, there's yeah, there's a lot of scenes of the climbing, climbing the elevator shaft. That's where the grandfather dies, and uh, they they end up like, uh, you know, because there's a scene at the end where they try to drive away out the thrusters. The doors are closing, and there's a lot of like smashing and like ducking and all that kind of thing. But I mean, ulti- ultimately, there's not a lot to spoil in the movie outside of a couple of character deaths. Because ultimately, what happens is is the the the, the planet of combust it um, doesn't work. And the the, the 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 engines aren't getting reaching high enough. They can't ignite it. Uh, and basically, the father decides that he's going to drive the space station because there's fuel on the space station to ignite it. And uh, Joe, I'm really glad that he uh, he, he detached the, the hibernation like section of the ship because I thought to myself, as much as this is still the right thing to do because there's more people on Earth than on the space station, I still feel like it's a dick move to sacrifice everyone who's asleep <laughs> on the station. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> Luckily, though, there was a moment where he's like eject the hibernation module and like a, a ring of the station like broke apart. Mm-hmm. How they're going to get down to Earth, I don't know, but like, <laughs> like uh, at least he, he, he thought about not killing them. At least he yeah. was nice enough to I do mean, that. I mean, when Jupiter's gravity overwhelm it and just suck it in Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, they, they neatly didn't explain uh, what happened after that. Uh, but he, he has this speech. He's talking to his son. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have to go on a mission again. I promised I'd be back at Jupiter and blah, blah. Uh, there's actually there's a couple of weird moments in this movie where just before a character dies they have like a moment of narration even though they're not speaking to anyone they just get like mm-hmm. narration as they talk about like their past and uh, one of the things that really bugged me actually is that it's when the grandfather dies we get narration that explains who the sister is and where she came from right and i thought this so feels the- like stuff that i should have known earlier <laughs> yeah like why are you thinking about this now yeah it's a bit weird. uh yeah so i agree what moments or thoughts and do I you didn't have like the uh, the speech about hope <laughs> was oh, <yeah>. dumb. <laughs> Love was or maybe the it just doesn't translate well. Who knows? Oh, sure. Maybe, I, yeah, I want to think that the um the the vehicle every time like he put in the past and says senior driver, and it would say uh, be careful on the roads because otherwise your family might cry or something like that. <laughs> like that's just clearly some kind of translation thing that just doesn't quite translate as well because that's not something that we would say in english not unless you're being quirky <laughs> well otherwise your family might cry like yeah you can translate that word for word but i don't think the words have the same meaning what, oh, I'm, what I'm saying is what if it was a quirky thing in in mandarin i mean they translated <laughs> they put some thought into it and said no we need to think of a quirky equivalent that would sound weird okay. in english 
true because sometimes they do that sometimes like translating movies in uh different languages they actually put a lot of thought into because like cause sometimes they'll make a, a cultural joke that we just won't get so right. they have to like so translate they'll it they'll say you are the weakest link <laughs> i wasn't Instead, thinking I wasn't so that th- americans will get it <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't thinking so much like references to show i was thinking like um let's say you're watching something that's subtitled and someone says um uh what's the saying that we use um like this is really hard to think of on the spot um <laughs> like a, a baker's dozen i'll just like so someone sure. says that's a baker's dozen like in mandarin they may not have a phrase that means baker's dozen what they actually said was maybe something that, that meant a similar thing Mm-hmm. But like to get the make the joke work in our language, it was like okay, what's an equivalent sort of saying that we could maybe use that would substitute and have the same effect? Um, okay, that wasn't a great example, but I just you know sayings and phrases and like yeah, but it, uh, it makes the point. Yeah. The, your point's clear. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so they do that. So at least good translations do. So sometimes because one of the other things they have to account for when they're translating is uh, sometimes people can say a lot in a short space of time. And we have to be able to read it on the screen before like, they move on to the next batch of subtitles. So they sometimes have to condense information that they're being say- they're saying into a way that's quicker to read, so that it's physically possible to have it on the screen long enough for us to read and then go to the next thing they say. And sometimes in this movie, they're they're you know they're rapid firing like the dialogue. Like you have to be able to read it. So yeah, there's a lot a lot of skill that goes into uh, translating actually. I don't envy their job. So if you were thinking I could I could do that job, I just use Google Translate, it'll be easy. Uh tougher than that. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. anything else you want to like talk about or like problems you um, had? I mean, of course the Russian guy is just drunk all the time on vodka. <laughs> but she snuck in because they're, they're not allowed. All booze. the comic relief did not work for me. That's that's fair. That's fair. Um no, I mean, because that's again, that's another Chekhov's gun where to to combat the HAL 9000, because the, the, the Russian dude's dead by this point, he's died heroically trying to help. Uh, you know, the dad picks up the, this, this, you know, jar of vodka. He's like, Do you know why this you is banned on the space Yuri... station? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember the name. I want to say Yuri Geller, but I think yeah. that was a magician. <laughs> and he, he just throws the book because at this point there's been a lot of damage, so that's a HAL sparking a little bit. So he throws the booze at him and he just like erupts out of flames. And I thought to myself, like, are we really saying that this module that the, the, the eyes on is just like the main like computer where this this AI operates from? I assume yeah, this just was from one one computer. Yeah, I assumed that it was all throughout the ship, and this was just one like you know terminal, this one you know display. No, thing. apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently, just setting this one thing on fire did the trick. But all right, <laughs> okay, I'll accept it. I'll accept this thing. That's fine. Future computers are really regressive. <laughs> I I actually I think my biggest pro my biggest well not problem but complaint with like, the concept of this movie is I almost wish it was more about underneath like the the underground cities and I like the idea that the the outsiders because because I was surprised when they went up up top and it was like no people do come up here they have suits but they have to come up here and work it's like a constant mm-hmm. thing that people have to be up here doing things yeah and I like the rotation like seventeen years sounds doable sounds fair like send scientists for that amount of time and then replace them. With uh, new ones. Oh, for the space station. Yeah, I was talking about on, like on the well, surface. Yeah, yeah, for on the surface as well. I think I, I would imagine that most people on this, you know, ship now are all going to grow up to have jobs that will just work on these 
these systems, these oh, turbines. Sure. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I almost wish that like, no, we spent more time underground and like, it was even harsher outside that no one ever went up there. And it was like, saved for the third act. Like that was the big deal is that someone had to go outside later on. Like I, I thought yeah. that's maybe what it was going to do. I was actually shocked that we were outside within like 15 minutes. I really well, of was. Course, outside was like entirely CGI and inside yeah. was these incredible sets that they had built that looked really good. And you don't actually get to see a lot of them. And I, I like the idea that outside the classroom, there's like a fake like light wall that has that it pretends it's outside just to make people feel mm-hmm. comfortable. And I was like, I want to see more of the, this this underground city. Like, how does this work? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we get this idea that there's these criminals that they uh, like chase because I, I thought they were going to pop back up because they wanted revenge for him stealing the uh, the suits. Uh, do they show up at the end? We we see them inside when there's like chaos happening, but it's not like they never encounter him again. I don't think. I think they don't they encounter the comic relief character who, by the way, I think was in they ma- they meet him in jail, and I think he said he was in jail for raping a girl. I, I think the joke he said, and again, this was a joke. He said, "I swear it was consensual." Yeah, I swear, I swear it was voluntary. Uh, what I did so. Yeah, the implication there is actually pretty dark. I, I, I wonder if that's one that's not translated well. Yeah, I hope so. I wonder if that's one that's... Because it's really hard to accept this comic relief character when one of his opening lines is, yeah, I'm here for raping someone. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. goof, goof, laugh, laugh. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I immediately hated him. Yeah, he's, even without that that weird like dark line, like he's still like just a really annoying character who's just like never yeah. pleasant to have around. Oh, and the scene where there it's him and he's next to the scientist guy who's just vomiting in his own helmet for no reason. Yeah, and then the the scientist tries to steal his helmet, and there's like this weird like tug of war happening with the helmet. I was like, what like, is this? Scene? What was that? Um, <laughs> the, honestly, the only moment where the comic relief kind of worked for me, and I think it's because it actually tied in with our frustrations as the audience. Is that scene in the start of Act 3 where the, 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 the scientist, the younger scientist, is explaining how they do everything and what they can do to try and ignite the you know, the connection with Jupiter? And mm-hmm. he, he, you know, like I said, he, he, ram- he, he rambles off all these things to every like tea pocket of people very, very quickly. And at the end, he goes, any questions? And every single person in the in the, yeah. the vehicle puts their hand up. And I was like, that was funny <laughs> because I agree with them. I don't understand any of what you just said. Um, because it was, it, it was all... It was nothing. It was just garbage and i guess that's the filmmaker's way because he doesn't respond he just sort of says not good then we can move on um i guess that's the filmmaker saying it doesn't matter just just, go with it just accept this world yeah accept it let's move on so we can get back to the action yeah (laughs) Uh, that's what the movie's concerned with first and foremost and any character drama that there is is very cliched it's very i'm sorry son but i have to save the world again um and that's kind of it so Mm. um because uh, there's like a, an epilogue scene at the end before, before we see that he's, he's he's done that truck again he's like now this is his job with his sister they go out and do this like as their job um that there's like a explaining like how long this is going to take it's going to be like you know this many hundred years accelerating this many hundred years just drifting then this like 700 years like uh de-accelerating so we stop in just the right place <laughs> it's going yep. to be a hundred generations I think they said like 2,500 years total. Yeah. Which I don't know if, I, I mean, I don't know if the math adds up. If it takes 17 years to get to Jupiter and 2,500 years to get to a star system that's over four light years away, I don't know about that. <laughs> 
You feel I think that... the next solar system was really, really far away. Yeah, I, I f- you feel like this would be the easiest thing to get right, though, is just ask someone who knows these things, say, how, lo- how many generations would this take? So if it's, if 100's not right, then say, okay, it'll take 500 generations. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter, because like the movie's not about the rest of the journey, it's just about th- this passing Jupiter kind of moment. Mm-hmm. So This one, yeah. There's one little hiccup in the plan. Yep, yep. I did kind of, Before I, we even get outside our own solar system, if you can't even get that right. I mean, that that is the one kind of thing I liked about it. I liked that the, the plot was around us passing Jupiter, and that that already took 17 years. It, it really set up the scope of what this was. Like, yeah, like none of the people who are alive right now are going to live to see this new system. Like, they're not going to be long dead. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like this. This is humanity living for the next. Th- you know several thousand years like this is just what we're going to be doing right um yeah so. yeah if you wanted to do a sequel you could almost like with a new cast that like, you could almost just like no well, well, the next one will be set in the middle I mean, of the I journey think you made enough money it probably <laughs> they did. might already be planning sequels probably did and then the, the third film the trilogy complete art is when they arrive so they, it'll be a different cast in every film uh-huh. you know um would it would the alpha centaurians greet them <laughs> Reading citizens. <laughs> you guys did what to your planet? <laughs> We're not letting you on our system. You can, you can hey, the, the 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 Romulans down the road. Like it's another couple of thousand years. <laughs> yeah, go years to that solar system. We don't want anyone here. <laughs> you can go to that one. We're full. <laughs> Please, we're almost at our resources. <laughs> oh man! All right, another twenty five hundred journey to the next star system. <laughs> Oh god, it's funny. Um, but yeah, all right. I, I guess it's uh time to rate the Wandering Earth. What are you giving it? Oh boy, this is kind of a tricky one for me to rate. I don't know. Um, I do think the spectacle is amazing. I wasn't ever bored, mm-hmm. surprisingly. Um, I think it it was a really neat perspective to get something that wasn't American for a disaster movie that just it seemed very American. Um, and plot, but yeah. ultimately these are not the kind of movies that I like. And if it was an American Roland Emmerich movie, I wouldn't rate it very highly. And either, <laughs> although I do think it is better than a lot of them. Um, so I think I. I think if this was a stars rating, I'd give it two and a half. So I'm just going to go with a five. Five stars. Or five out of ten. Five out of ten, yeah. Yeah. Why all of a sudden you compare it to stars? You've never done that before. <laughs> well, it's always how I've kind of done it in my head. I know, we use a t- ten-point system. Uh, I know. I'm still used to stars. I mean, at least it's better than thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, yeah, much better. Uh, I am going to give it... I, I was thinking about a five as well, actually, because I, I feel like there's enough things that I kind of had fun with, but I, I can't go any higher than mediocre because the script just isn't there, the characters just aren't there, I don't care about mm-hmm. what's happening, I'm just kind of oohing and on at some of the, the visuals, which, and a lot of them are nice visuals. Uh, but Yeah. But even when we got them, they were like, okay, here you go, now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's back to driving. <laughs> actually, if... if not not that it's necessarily a great movie either, but if you want like another country's perspective on a, a disaster movie, um, I watched a movie a couple of years ago called The Wave, and it's set mm-hmm. in um, I want to say it was Norway. If it wasn't Nor, it was Scand- It was definitely a Scandinavian country. If it wasn't Norway, um, 
but it was it was, it was this location it's based in a real area but it's had this uh if there's ever like a, a tidal wave because of the shape of the 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 way the river comes into the 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 area right it kind of like almost funnels a wave into it this town is basically just screwed um and obviously it's a movie so it happens right <laughs> right um, but there's a lot of build-up to it i mean it gets a little bit more generic as the movie goes on and it's just it's like, oh yeah we're trying to get to loved ones and try to save them from trapped areas and stuff like that because they're flooding and whatever it gets very generic but uh as opposed to the movie that's coming out soon crawl which is a disaster movie but there happens to be a giant alligator in the house with with the people i'm not gonna lie i like the trailer i like the trailer too <laughs> it may be terrible but i'm into it i'm into it yeah i want to see it so yeah that, that is that's the movie uh, stay tuned for the bonus bit but uh it is worth telling you before we get to that about uh about how you can help us and how you can support the show and you can of course do that by liking and subscribing and you can rate us on the itunes give us a five star rating on there and and review us it helps spread the show around if you want to support us financially tara you're so good at this bit so why don't you tell them how they can do that you can go to our patreon page it is patreon.com slash tv you can donate as little as one dollar per month, and with that dollar, you get bonus episodes of the Ace um, monthly. We already have one out. We mentioned it earlier, called Judge Dread. So if you're interested in our thoughts about that, um, <laughs> only one dollar, and you can watch it. Um, you also get our episodes early. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah, yeah, you do. You get the call. Ace early, one week early. Yeah. That's at the one dollar um, tier, and at the five dollar tier. You get to vote on an episode once per month, as well as other shows we do as well uh, that I do with Tim right. Screams After Midnight. Uh, and coming soon... That one for the Ace? <laughs> yeah. And coming soon, someone reminded me in a stream today, actually, that the other shows have this uh, thing. Uh, the Screams After Midnight, we call it The Crypt. Uh, on 121 Influx, we call it The Vault. And it's basically an idea that the $5 patrons can actually just submit movies that will go onto a list. And, that's, you know, and we're calling it on this show, The Reactor. So... Perfect. It goes onto The Reactor... And it's basically a list of movies that not every like not too often, but every so often we'll pick a movie off that list to do. Uh, sometimes we'll maybe make those the four movies in the vote that the patrons get to vote on. But it's a way to give us a sort of to do list that we can check when we're running out of ideas or we want. Oh, okay, we we can't think of something this week. Let's do a movie off that list. So that yeah, or just see what people want us to watch. Yeah. So it's not set up yet at the time of recording, but by the time this goes live, it probably will be. So uh, five dollar patrons get to do that as well as vote um so and then there's a lot of benefits so yeah um mm-hmm. uh, also get us on twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates and yeah there you go but before we go we have our bonus bit and the bonus bit of course is mystery science the earth 3000 um mm-hmm. yes we had time to watch one we watched a post-apocalyptic film yes we watched the uh, warrior of the lost world i guess how our main protagonist would say it what is the last word? <laughs> what is the last word? <laughs> he always talks like he's got like Novocaine, like he just came from the dentist or something. I don't remember if that's a joke in the movie or not, but that's what it reminds me of. I, I think at one point they said that it was like he had like uh, food in both of his cheeks. Like he was holding food in both sides of his mouth. Oh, like a chipmunk? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they said at one point. Yeah, there was times when I was like struggling to tell if it was the character was talking or if they were just mumbling a joke over the top of it. Yes, because sometimes it kind of sounds like Joel. Joel yeah. does a pretty good impression of him, though. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is a kind of a Mad Max ripoff. More Mad Max 1 than Mad Max 2. Although, to be honest, it's only a Mad Max ripoff in the sense that it's kind of pre-apocalyptic and he's on a bike, which is kind of like the car. You know, it's like... There's a lot yeah, of sh- but the bike talks, yes. unfortunately. <laughs> it, it says everything twice as well. 
Three times sometimes. Three times sometimes. It goes yeah. twice or three times. It goes back and forth. Yeah, once, twice, three times a lady. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like... So we've got this. There's a lot of shots early on of, of the, like him just riding through like countryside roads, and it doesn't feel like a different world at all. It's just they went out to somewhere in the country and shot him riding his bike. That's all this is. Well, until we see the police car, which has spikes on it now, so that's how we know we're in the future. <laughs> it has two things. It has spikes at the front, and at the back, there's like a sort of lip that, uh, that from a distance, oh, okay. I kept thinking the trunk was open from a distance, and it's not. Right. It's just it's just this lip <laughs> that goes up at the back. That was the two things that made it futuristic. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so low budget. But they were really proud because they, what they did is they, they put a, they had a camera that they could mount on the dashboard of the, the bike. So there's a lot of POV shots from behind the the, 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 the windscreen in the bike. Uh, and they were really they proud a of that. An early version of a GoPro. <laughs> GoPro was dead <laughs> exist, yeah. <laughs> it, wouldn't su- it wouldn't surprise me if they literally just had like a camera with like duct tape around it. Just like, this will hold it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> this will hold it. <laughs> but they were really proud of that because they used that shot a lot um but yeah i mean what was the plot about i don't like the only thing i can really say about the plot is that there's an evil like government body that they want to like the rebels want to overthrow and outside of the main bad guy who runs the place none of them ever really seem to do anything that's that bad it's just like we're just assuming that they're evil it it looks like a factory it looks like they're making beer like they're at a brewery or something because that's where they could get permission to film yeah (laughs) Um, uh, but Joe, here's here's a funny like real real time story here for this. So mm. before the movie starts, right, we're getting ready to watch it, and I I, I was I was getting it up on IMDb just to see it, right, and I went, oh, and also Donald Pleasance is Donald Pleasance in two in a row. And Tara, I shit you not, says no, that's not Donald Pleasance, it's just someone who looks like him. She said that, <laughs> like so sure of herself. The movie starts, the t- the opening title start playing, the third name in the credits, Donald Pleasance. <laughs> I forgot. I I couldn't fathom the idea of Donald Pleasance being two Mystery Science Theater episodes in a row. I'm like, nah, it has to be someone who just looks like him. You were so sure. It was, it was so matter of fact the way you like, said no. It's going to be another like, short, bald villain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'll, you know, give it to Donald Pleasance. Like, he gives it his all. No matter what shit he's in. He's the same character. Yeah, he is. He's the same character he's as the same movie. guy from Puma Man. Puma Man, yes. Um... Puma Man. Uh, Puma Man. Um, the, the joke in the Puma Man movie is that he pronounces it Puma Man. That's not a joke. That's how that's he says it. Because because he's from a civilized country that says Puma properly. Yeah, okay. Where are Pumas? Where are they found? I don't know. They're on a North American land animal. Are they? Are Pumas American? Yeah. I did not know that. I, I I guess I just assumed they were either African or Asian, but fair enough. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm doubting myself, but I think so. The the puma. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I, I didn't know that. I think it's North American. But know. you're doubting yourself. <laughs> now I'm doubting myself. That's all I needed. But I'm gonna actually. You know what? No, I'm gonna say with confidence. It's a North American cat. And so the North American pronunciation is correct. It's a North cool. American cat like Donald Pleasance wasn't in Warrior of the Lost World. I agree. <laughs> oh, dang it. Yeah, yeah. I need to work my confidence. <laughs> uh, so here's here's one of the jokes I really liked in the movie. And it was so random. Not a, bit, not a favorite because there's a big scene in the middle, which I think is going to be the big scene we talk about. But there's uh, at one point when he's in a, a chase at some point driving down the road. 
there's like a roadblock full of soldiers that are from the evil empire right and they've just got all these cheap helmets on and the joke that the mystery science theater guys are saying is basically every time it cuts to the soldiers they're like have you got any fruit to declare do you have any fruit to de- declare have you got any fruit to declare that was the line right but they keep adding more and more people every time yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so the last shot is just like 20 of them holding guns pointing at them any fruit to declare no <laughs> but, but at the same time but the best part is though is i think it's, it's either the final shot the second last shot there was like a row of five of them and he's like any fruit to declare and then like there's like the row like all kneeled down and there's like another row of five behind them and then this it's like so it's any fruit to declare any it's fruit a to declare more force yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was just a sort of random joke that really made me laugh. Uh, all the mumbling jokes. I made know me laugh. it's great. Yeah. It's always what I remember from the episode too, other than what we're going to get to, which is the best part of the movie. Yes. Yeah, so, so let me just emphasize once again that the the talking bike is frustrating. It's infuriating. It's annoying. The voice is just like it's like the worst robotic voice Confusing anyone's ever heard. Choice of voice. Yeah. Yes, uh, and it's got a bit of an attitude and an, an annoying kind of way. Mm-hmm. so uh yeah. we have to talk it's like um it's like navi if you've played ocarina of time which i know you're not a zelda person but it is a great game and link unfortunately has this fairy that is over his shoulder who will interrupt you and say hey listen it's that voice it is and it's just as irritating who's in that? the movie as it is in the video game who's this link don't you mean zelda uh <sighs> No. Did you not watch the Super Mario show? <laughs> where it was, uh, no, I, I think it was know. two Mexican guys who played Mario and Luigi. I, and then they would do yeah. the Zelda cartoons. I've seen, I've seen clips. Um, for the record, for anyone who's getting angry in the comments right now, I was joking there. Um, and, but Tara knows <laughs> me well enough to know that I was being facetious. And I know. Uh, yeah. Give it her shit. Um, so we have to talk about Mega Weapon. Mega weapon, mega weapon, mega weapon. <laughs> so the me- real hero of Warrior of the Lost World. <laughs> it's the real hero because it destroys the bike. It runs over the bike and it's beautiful because the, the, the jokes are great because like as it's running over, it's like, oh, do it slower, mega weapon. Do it slower, baby. Go slower. <laughs> yeah, run over it again. Oh, oh, nice and slow. Make it last. Yes, mega weapon. It's so glorious. <laughs> yeah, and I, like basically like, throughout the scene, they they keep bringing the name back up, and they'll be like, "Oh, I mean, this is Mega Weapon," and they keep talking about the Mega Weapon like it's this like this actor who's really like you know like has a high class of like filmmaking, like is once uh-huh. wanted for lots of movies. He's like, "Oh, Mega Weapon had to turn that down. Mega Weapon did some method acting during this scene. Mega Weapon <laughs> is the best," and it's just it's it's this it's actually. <laughs> What is it like a like a dump truck yeah, that's it, just been refitted? It's not until the end of the scene because up until the end of the scene, all the shots of it are like this low shot from the front, and it's got like this teeth painted on it, uh, and it's like it's just kind of this ridiculous thing. It's not until I shot at the end where I realized we got, we got like a full shot of it from kind of like a high angle. And I'm like, wait, that's just a garbage truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like the garbage truck that goes around and picks up garbage but like the uh like you say a dump truck it's just the big like a dump truck yeah, yeah the big like open back one that's all it is uh but it's been painted black and has like some teeth at the front and like a light on it <laughs> i'm pretty sure there's spikes on the front also just so you know we're Probably. in the same world as you know the the cop car with the spikes on oh, it. oh of course yeah of course um but yeah at, at the end of the scene they're just like mega weapon mega weapon mega weapon mega <laughs> weapon until our hero decides to take it out 
and we lose Mega Weapon Man. I know. That was so hard to watch. It hurts. It really that hurts. That was like Daenerys losing one of her dragons. It was, it was so sad. <laughs> I know you don't understand that, but ninety nine percent of all other people do. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I know there was a lot of upset people about the recent episode of Game of Thrones. There's a lot of upset people on the Twitters. Oh, uh, there's always going to be upset people. Uh, character assassination. That phrase has been thrown around a little bit. I'll just uh, just putting that out there. And as a DC Comics fan, I sympathize because I know a character assassination. <laughs> I know what that feels like. I really do. Wally, Wally West fans. <laughs> I haven't been I f- disappointed. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, <laughs> so, what was I going to say? Yeah, so, so yeah, like, they overthrow the bad guys. Um, there's, like, a weird scene where, like, the first chunk, of the, after the opening car chase, it's about sneaking in with this woman character that he's introduced to, uh, who has a weird accent, to save her father, who's been held captive by the bad guys. So there's a lot of sneaking through a cave. There's, like, a weird scene with a snake. It's all these things and then oh yeah there's like that weird dance <laughs> that's yeah, happening yeah there is and they, they get to like into this factory and they get around and then basically as soon as they see the father who's about to be executed they just start like shooting people and like causing chaos and it's just there's no plan there's no like tactics it's just just start doing this and then when the scene ends like our, our hero again you know air quotations um he gets into a helicopter and the dad gets on the helicopter first and the hero basically says, nah, your daughter's taking too long. I'm just going to fly off. Yeah. <laughs> and the daughter's I'm left behind. Yeah. She's left behind with the villains. So Donald Pleasance has got her captive for the rest of the movie. Uh, if I, at one point, there's some glorious overacting as he's like sort of maniacally telling her his plan, you know, when she's like strapped mm-hmm. to like a table or whatever. It's the whole thing. He goes full Bond villain. And then that, the final thing that I'd like to tell, tell talk about is after they've saved the day, and there's no context for what they've actually achieved or what they've actually saved or how bad this this government regime really was. But after they've saved the day, like the it doesn't feel like the end of the movie at all. It just feels like we're at another scene. The 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 girl who he left behind decides to kiss him, and first of all, this romance was never hinted at. It's out of nowhere, but that's not even the main thing. Why. That is not the thing we want to talk about. We want to talk about the longest on-screen kiss in the history of movie making. <laughs> so long it was so uncomfortable <laughs> so much smacking so it, to the point where i'm like tara how are they still breathing like like they, they must be out of breath by now yeah i think i pulled out a book at one time <laughs> and just started reading <laughs> let me know when it's over <laughs> like i i almost want to do some testing i want to be like okay how long can i go <laughs> right let's just get the stopwatch going right hold your breath dear <laughs> <laughs> how long and for the record by the end of this this say we last a minute right at the end of that minute how erotic and turned on are you by the end of that like was that was that enjoyable to go that long or was it just painful because you almost suffocated it's, it's just the worst because it comes out of nowhere like they have no chemistry he basically left her to die with donald pleasance <laughs> and then came back for her so i guess she forgave him after being tortured he didn't come back for her he just came back because he wanted to shoot bad guys like, that was basically he wanted it. to see mega weapon for himself but mm. who could blame him yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and it was an actress who was in uh the star trek the motion picture based off the hit television show star trek the original series does it count <laughs> I approve. I approve. That was beautiful. 
Uh-huh. She was the bald girl. Persis. Persis something. I don't know how to say her last name. I didn't realize. I, didn't I think it's like Indian or Pakistani or something. But her father is just some white guy who looks like Joe Biden in the movie. Doesn't yeah. really, doesn't really work. I'd have to go back and look. At, I mean, it's not even been that long since I've seen that movie, but I feel like uh, I'd have to go back and compare them, like side by side, just because she's bald in the other one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite a difference. It's quite, quite a difference in a, a a person, especially a woman. Like just like uh, the bald version, the version with hair. Mm-hmm. Very different. No jokes, please. No jokes. Mm. Hey, actually, Tara's seen me with with hair. She she knows uh, how different or not I actually looked. It's true. It's true. I have seen a picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yes. look better now. Thank you. Bald's Thank a good you. look, or excuse me, balding. That's still you've impli- got the uh, you've got the Lithgow hairline. You, oh, you, you you know how it made me feel better about it. You compare me to John Lithgow. I'm not going to be mad about that. He's a gorgeous man. He'll tell you himself. oh god do you know what's funny actually just this 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 is um like we we joked with each other about uh third rock from the sun because there's that great scene where there's an episode where he he tries to like dye his hair black because he's he doesn't want gray hair and he he, he, like everyone thinks it looks terrible they're all scared for his reaction and he holds up the mirror and he's like oh my god i'm gorgeous and it's this really funny scene (laughs) And it was right after this, Tara got her better microphone because she was using like the headset before. And I honestly thought at one point, because like, the first episode went up where she she like recorded with that mic and she, she messaged me saying, oh my God, I sound so much better. I'm like, I'm disappointed she didn't say, oh my God, I sound gorgeous. I, I, was, I was really upset. Uh, I know, also, I know. Also, yes. I'm sad no, that they're not on... <laughs> I've said that they're not on Netflix anymore, <laughs> but I did watch them when they were on, and I was so surprised because I hadn't seen the show in probably 15 years when I was watching it, and I was so surprised like how how much of the jokes just came back to me. Oh like, yeah, it's... I must have watched that show so much when I was a kid. Yeah, like I, I was the same because I, I rewatched it and like it, it holds up quite well actually, to be honest. But the it's uh, Lithgow, he's incredible. I, Lithgow's fantastic. His timing, but even the rest of the cast, like you know. Oh yeah. Levitt's really good. Like Joseph Gordon Levitt, like had talent as from a young age, clearly. <laughs> oh, and uh, Kristen and Wayne Knight together. Oh yeah. So great. Um, every time she, every time Jane, she, Jane Curtin is incredible. Oh in yeah, that yeah. Show. yeah. Every time, like uh, Sally would say something that she wouldn't realize was like sexual and a turn on, and Wayne Knight would just be like. No, I love, <laughs> I love that every time like he would show up in the same room, and she could just sense it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good <laughs> dance here. Yeah, and then the episode where he's in street clothes and she doesn't like him that much. So now and then he never takes yeah, off the there's uniform. Something about him that's unattractive. He has to always. <laughs> he's. I promise, I'll never take this uniform off again. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Don't blame him. Yeah, and then uh, the, the joke that I was when I was watching it again, the joke I remembered uh, was there's a, there's a scene where where Lithgow asks Tommy uh, if he ever doodles, and he clearly thinks he's talking about masturbating, and he gets really awkward and uncomfortable. And <laughs> he's it, like it, thirteen. Yeah, and and <laughs> and he, he literally means doodling because he caught like one of his students in class like drawing a, an image of him, and he, he wants to be able to do it. Um, yeah, and that's that's the joke. But it's, I always remember like Tommy sitting there uncomfortably, like being, uh, "Well, so some, maybe, maybe, yeah." 
Um, do, do, do you know when I rewatched that? Because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I rewatched it. And the the scene in the pilot, and this is turned out a third rock from the sun talking now. But the scene in the pilot that I that, that sold me that this show was still funny and held up mm-hmm. is so when so they've just arrived on Earth. They, they go to this like, house party with like other faculty and stuff, and like everyone's there, and. Uh, Mary, I was just trying to remember the uh, thing, his name. Mary, uh, they, they kiss in the bathroom, right? And it's a mutual kiss, but the, the, the joke here is that she slaps him after, right? And that was pretty funny, right? But the the, the, the joke that made me realise this could still make me burst out laughing is when they're leaving the party and the host of the party, this woman, kisses Dick on the cheek and Dick slaps her across the face before he leaves and just walks out <laughs> as if nothing wrong's happened. And she's just standing there in shock. And I just, I just, every time I think about that scene, I just, I laugh so hard. And oh, it's so good. It's so good. He's, he's so talented. I love seeing him in movies now. Like, I'm just so glad that he still gets work. Oh, yeah, me too. He, I, I know he was in Pet Cemetery, which wasn't a great oh, movie, yeah. but it was just so nice to see him. I want to see him in everything. I, I love his, uh, I'm in trouble face that he does. He's sort of like, what you yeah. so He does this, like, squished up face. It's so good. The man has like insane like body language and timing, like and range. I want to watch that show again. I want to watch that off from this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, binge... Mystery Science Theater. I guess we're doing this now. I want to binge the show with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um. Oh. Anyway, uh, should we say what we're doing next week? Uh, we should. Although, first of all, just just yeah, I was about to say this. Uh, War of the Lost World is probably my. It's not quite as good as Werewolf was. But mm. like after after Puma Man and uh, Prince of Space, which were a bit more, yeah, they're okay. Like this mm-hmm. one was entertaining again. Like I really like this one. So you know, it's a bad movie. Like I had a lot of fun watching this and making fun of it, and yeah, um, the jokes were really really good. So it was nice to get a Joel episode in there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, which also meant we got Doctor Forrester in that because we didn't get because in fact the invention they had the square. Uh, which was like an exercise device where, and it's just like, you know, he's, he's, he's demonstrating how you can use this. And it's basically just like, you're doing push-ups with your hand in the square. Why don't just do push-ups on the floor anyway? Now you're really working out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're pumping iron. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, that was good. Uh, so yeah, what are we doing next week? And both Mystery Science, do you not pick the next MTS, have you? Um. MST. I think we should do. I think we should do a space mutiny. I think it's time. <gasps> I, I know you want to. Of course I do. Red Brown's in that movie. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's just do wow! it. it. It's a favorite. Nice. It's a favorite for a lot of people. Yeah. Let's just do it. All right, we're doing that. Uh, as for the regular movie though, because I probably should have told just before we did the bonus bit, but you know what? We're oh, here. God. We're here now. We, we <laughs> I forgot. think we forgot a couple episodes ago too. That's okay. That's okay. The next episode is going to be the final countdown. Oh, all right. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, so look forward look forward to that. Uh, so that's coming uh, next week on the show. Um, and we've been bumping movies back like, every week because new stuff keeps coming up. For, like Netflix are doing a movie here or there's a new movie coming out in VOD here or, or whatever. Uh, but we actually have quite a nice meaty schedule mapped out for a couple of months now. So Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, thank you very much for, for watching and listening. We love you loads. We appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed us talking about The Wandering Earth and then wandering into Mystery Science Theater and then wandering even further into somehow Third Rock from the Sun, which still technically <laughs> science fiction, it counts. Uh, so <laughs> Yep, it's still the Earth, still the major, you know, subject of our movie. Yep, and they're, they're aliens, so, you know. 
sci-fi. Um, also, I like how much they get off and sneezing the first time. Which, by the I way, like that, I still think about that when I sneeze. That 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 episode. Like, I remember when I watched that again. That episode is like near the end of season one, or like sometime in season two. And I'm like, it took over a year for one of you to sneeze. Bullshit. <laughs> I, th- I think I remember it being pretty early, but. Yeah. it's been a little while i think that was why the first thing because because the first season has this thing where they have to do the first experience of every holiday like they have to like what's christmas what's halloween what's valentine's like so the yeah. first season has all those episodes and i'm like okay what do we do in season two but but they, they, they evolve it it's like okay now sally's in a relationship okay we have to start talking about them discovering sex or them discovering <laughs> something else or or whatever um yeah so mm-hmm. It's a great show. That's a fantastic show. But we should probably end this one. <laughs> we should. So thank you very much once again for uh, enjoying the ACE. The Atomic Cinema Experiment. We love you loads. I have been Peter. Computer? You were supposed to say I have been Tara. I thought that was obvious. I have been Tara. I thought that was we obvious. Have, this is not something we've established. I know. I, I was doing all the spur of the moment. I thought the chemistry was there, but apparently not. Apparently we need... We need podcast host counseling because we're not there on the same page i'm not very good at yes handing okay okay (laughs) i don't know how to yes hand i will do the opposite i've been tara i've been peter (laughs) peter uh thank you once again for watching us we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi movies and computer that's salsa yum yum